to second episode of Maximum Nerd Rage. I am here with Cash Ross, my semi-permanent co-host, um, and we're going to talk about some nerd rage. Um, Cash, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah. Um, so, hello all. Like you said, I'm Cash Ross, and my particular uh, contribution to this will be the fact that I'm semi-normal in terms of what uh, what I view and whatnot. I'm not as much of a nerd, so this is going to be a learning experience for me along the way, and try and provide kind of a not as nerdy take on some of these things. Nice. Absolutely. Thank you, Cash. Um, so what we wanted to cover today is, as you can kind of guess with the title, Hunting of Night Owls, is owls. And specifically, the Court of Owls. Um, this was a comic book storyline, if you don't know, written right after the Flashpoint story in 2011. Uh, it started off the New 52 and the Batman run, and it was very well written, very well illustrated, and very well received. And I do highly recommend, if you have not had a chance to read it, to either find the collected editions on like Amazon or your local comic book shop, support local. You get on things like DC Universe, uh, DC Universe Infinite, and read it there if you want to do digitally, comicsology, things like that. Hashtag not sponsored. Um, and and definitely check it out. It's a really really cool storyline that kind of rewrites the history of Batman, who he is, what he is. And what Gotham is, most importantly. What Gotham is to him, what Gotham is to the people, and who Gotham is. Kind of predating the Court of Owls, however, is two mini-storylines that Scott Snyder wrote pre-New 52 that tease the, the Court a little bit. I'm not going to cover those too much, um, but I do recommend reading them before The Court of Owls, and that is Batman Black Mirror and Batman Gates of Gotham. Again, both very well written and illustrated comics. But my, my, my nerd rage today, maximum nerd rage time, is the fact that since its inception and publication, the Court of Owls has been everywhere. And what I mean by that is we've seen it pop up in many different ways, many different places. And I find that annoying because I don't want to see just a, a basic mediocre remake of the Court of Owls storyline if I want to see a basic remake or adaptation at all. Those who know me pretty personally know me as someone who's not a big fan of adaptations. 
I don't like them. I don't feel like they respect the original story aspects of things. They try to change things that don't need to be changed, add things that don't need to be added, and all kinds of other aspects that just bother me and make me nerd rage when I talk about adaptations. And with the Court of Owls, we have seen them several different times over the last decade since its first publication. One of the big ones was in the TV show Gotham, um, which I stopped watching pretty early on because I didn't like the fact that it was a TV show sold to me as Jim Gordon's story, but it was actually nothing but Smallville for Batman. I was like, I don't really want to watch that. Anyway, they also appeared in a Harley Quinn episode. They appeared in most recently, the Gotham Knights video game, which frustrated me after I started playing it, because it was kind of a secret. You're not supposed to know who the villains are. You're trying to investigate it and figure out, like, how Batman did in the comics. But all the marketing was like, hey, Court of Owls. And it's like, well, you just ruined the, the big reveal, the big spoil. Um... And that's why I hate trailers. But we'll go into that maybe in a later episode of why I actually hate trailers. Because that's that's a whole other whole other nerd rage. Rant. Can of worms. A whole other can of worms, yeah. Um, it's also appeared in the Batman vs. Robin animated film. It appeared in the Lego DC Supervillains video game. And two different novels. So we've seen it quite a few times pop up outside of the Court of Owls and Night of Owls storyline. And I'm hearing rumors, the internet's always full of rumors, but that the producing team, the acting team, and writing team are interested in putting the Court of Owls in the Batman sequel coming out in 2025 or one of its subsequent sequels. And I'm just like, Please don't. I don't. I don't want it. <laughs> we don't want it, precious. Yeah, we don't want. We don't want it, precious. It points us. Um. So that's kind of where I wanted to to start today is to kind of bring up Court of Owls and explain my frustration with not the storyline because again, I really, really love and appreciate the writing from Scott Snyder, the art from Greg Capullo, um, both very, very well done, very well illustrated, and fantastic comic book. Highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't read it. My complaint is the adaptations of it being mediocre. Gotham Knights, for example, did not enjoy the the gameplay of that game. It felt like an Arkham knockoff with a mediocre adaptation of the Court of Owls storyline. It just didn't feel like they were trying hard enough to make something of import. It felt like an 80% done video game. Like, where's the extra 20%? Where's the polish? Where's the panache? 
So I'll let Cash take a little bit of time here and <clears throat> give his point of view on what I've just ranted and nerd raged about. Yeah. So uh, for me personally, as someone who hasn't um, read the comics and I've been going through just looking at brief info that I can find um, and uh, the overview of like the court of owls, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, this, you know, crazy society wearing owl masks, which, you know, they're, they're kind of terrifying. Owls are kind of terrifying. They are. And um, going through like that first, I think I just went over like the first uh, Court of Owls storyline before. Yeah, I don't um, think you said the Night you of Owls. Night of Owls, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I thought I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and in terms of like uh, learning more about the other villains of the Batman franchise, because I I didn't really know anything. Um, I was pretty interested in uh, seeing characters such as the Ventriloquist. I've never seen anything about the Ventriloquist ever before, which shows uh, probably how lacking I am in um, Batman uh, knowledge. Well, not really. I mean, he's he's a small-time villain. He's he's not your big panage gotcha. Joker or Riddler or something like that. He's still an interesting character, but they they more treat him like the condiment king, more of a joke. <laughs> and the condiment king, that's another one that I had never heard of, but I find absolutely hilarious. I'm going to use condiments to you to wreck so, havoc. Yeah, so havoc and terror. Oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, that one. I I think I'm gonna have to say, I I want uh I want a show or a, a movie about the Condiment King. Maybe it would just be a comedy. I don't know, but that. Uh, that Adam me... West style, I think, would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and um, other than like the ventriloquist and Condiment King, I was also really interested in this whole Doctor Hurt character because um, I've another one I've never heard of. Uh, and I was looking at information about him. There's like no it was saying that he was possibly a demon, possibly just a crazy dude who is actual uh, ancestor or I, like he was all over the place. So I'm not really sure what his actual origin is, but I thought it was uh, interesting to have a take on, you know, crazy ancestor, immortal ancestor of the Waynes that wants to take Bruce down or whatever, Batman. 
and in terms of um like how everything like Mike was saying, um he thinks quarter owls is showing up too much where the adaptations are are you know not up to par in terms of quality probably um i don't i don't really have much skin in that game to be honest <laughs> well i mean what's your opinion of adaptations i mean we've grown up in a world of adaptations yeah I, had film and tv be around our entire life yeah and i i hate when they go off of what like the the storyline was that i i hate um creative or what is it creative adaptation that movies and tv shows will do to oh this is our little story now we're we're gonna change things up just a little bit so in terms of that yeah if if they're taking like the court of owls or any other character and they're putting a weird spin on it i'm not really a fan of that probably why like uh kind of in my slightly more wheelhouse is like the 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 wheel of time show man i will not watch that because it just they just ruined ruined it and i'm a big wheel of time fan yeah no for sure i mean i will throw hands about the fact that the greatest adaptation i've ever seen from a book at least to movie is old yeller like that is a fantastic book and that is a fantastic movie that outside of cutting certain things that would either be too long to fit in the film range or too hard to film is a just utterly fantastic adaptation i don't know if i've even seen old yeller or read the book Oh well, so again, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have highly to, well, recommended. I, I might have watched the movie, but it was probably when I was a wee lad. Yeah. So I don't remember. <laughs> um. But yeah, along that those lines, if if it's gonna be used, do it justice. Don't, don't muck about in things. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying I don't don't want people to be inspired by ideas or anything like that to to put a pause on the court of owls nerd rage batman red rain a story about or i think it's actually titled batman versus dracula uh red rain is the collected edition version of it or red rain is part two can't quite remember i don't have it pulled up yet um it was a fantastic three-part arc about Batman starting a fight with Dracula. Awesome. And then uh, the second part, well, the first part is him fighting Dracula and fighting the underground in this Victorian era sort of thing. And then you had the second part arc where he gets turned into a vampire and he's fighting the urge to feast on humans, feast on blood. 
And so you have this whole white knight in shining armor still trying to fight crime, still trying to do good while keeping that moral of I don't kill. And then he kills the Joker and loses his soul, as vampires do when they drink blood for the first time. And he has Alfred stab him in the heart with a stake. Well, in the third part... Depressing. I know. Very depressing. In the third part, he's stuck with the stake in his heart, but Gotham has just been rampaged by villains. Just utterly rampaged. And Alfred doesn't know what to do. So he's like, yeets the stake out, and this (laughs) decrepit bat vampire Batman rises up out of the crypt and just slaughters all the villains. Just bloodbath. And then sets himself ablaze in the sun. Um, And it, it was this beautiful arc of Batman and his moral values and everything like that. And I, I, I love it a lot. Highly recommend it to people if they want to read an Elseworlds story about Batman. It's probably my favorite Elseworlds story. Um, anyway, the adaptation that they did for The Batman, the TV show, didn't particularly care for the art style that they did, so I didn't watch it too much. I want to go back and actually give it a chance because the voice cast is fantastic. But I watched the movie The Batman vs. Dracula and it's obviously inspired by the comic book Batman vs. Dracula. But it did its own thing in a respectful manner. It didn't try to do what was already done with the the comic book that was written, but it also didn't um, try to reinvent the storyline either. Like it was, yeah, it was just gotcha. a really, really cool thing inspired by the idea of what would happen. If Batman fought Dracula, how would it go about? What type of interactions would they have in costume versus Alucard costume with Alucard and Dracula personas, Bruce Wayne and Batman personas, things like that. And again, yeah. it was a really, really good story. That, in my opinion, is a good adaptation, a good inspirational story where you're taking an idea and fleshing it out and doing something new with it. Gotcha. With the Court of Owls, I'm nerd raging because they're they're not doing something new or original with it. They're just rehashing what's already been done. <laughs> so they're just taking the same old mold. Yeah. And gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and, I, and that's that's my biggest complaint with Gotham Knights, outside of it just being a Arkham knockoff gameplay wise is that the story is just unimaginative. It follows all the same ticks as the comic book thus far. I, I haven't completed the game, but like it just it's following oh, what's going on? What's the sneaky story? Like, oh, oh, oh. And then it's like, oh, it's the court. Oh, okay. <laughs> Surprise. It's the court. Surprise. It's the court. Um, 
And kind of so, kind of random, but I'm still thinking of the Batman as a vampire and Alfred taking the stake out to release him on the all the villains. I'm just thinking, you know, maybe Alfred should have just like kept him hidden away as like the nuclear option. The yeah, the... <laughs> well, he kind of did. He he kind of did. But then um, you said he went and burned himself in the sun. So you know, yeah. I mean that ruins out. Ruins that nuclear option. I don't know. I just it, thought it, it was does. fun. It it really does. But continue. My apologies. Oh no, you're fine. Um, what was I in the middle of thinking? Oh gosh, dang it. Anyway, <laughs> so bad. yeah, the oh, what I was gonna say is the the artwork for the whole scene where he's yanking out the stake, Alfred's yanking out the stake. Again, really, really well illustrated. Just really, really good. Uh, yeah, it's Crimson Mist was the third arc. Crimson was, Mist, okay. Yeah, so it goes Batman versus Dracula, Red Rain, then Batman Bloodstorm, then Blackman Blatman. Batman Crimson Mist. Blatman Blatman. Yeah. Blatman. Ooh, yeah, new comic book character. Yep. Blatman. Yep. We made it just just right now. Alright. We'll have to work on Blatman. Yeah. <laughs> um so, so I think I'm gonna have to set up like a, a bookshelf here and start getting when I can all these uh comics that you're talking about yeah so in the future i can be like hey guys i actually hey, read this. I, I, I read this and here's my thoughts yeah as a normal yeah talking to mike earlier and basically what i do is i work i do jujitsu and then on the weekends i go to church that's that's about all i do so my uh, repertoire of other nerd activities is low. Yeah, I need to increase it. Yeah, my my nerd rage has always been kind of your connection to the yeah. nerd world. Yeah, pretty much. So, but yeah, no, that's that's fun. That's fun. Um, and then after the Court of Owls was the Night of Owls arc, which you said earlier you haven't looked too much into. No, okay. not yet. Um, yeah. But I okay. did. A great I'm... continuation of the storyline. Uh, really fantastic character arcs. Great, great mystery reveal. So in the Court of Owls, you're trying to figure out like who is the court, what is the court, and who's leading the court. Gotcha. And you're like, what is going on? And I remember in 2011, people were on Twitter trying to guess who was leading the cult, the Court of Owls. I don't know if they're technically classified as a cult, but I, I don't know. And society. And Scott Snyder said that one person got it right and he immediately deleted the comment because he didn't want other people seeing it. <laughs> and the reveal, I don't want to spoil it for you. I want you to to be able to find it and enjoy it. But the reveal yeah. of it was just great. Like 
and rereading it here recently, I, I see all the hints and I see all the secret details leading up to it. And it's like, man, I can't believe I didn't think about this. But they did it in such an interesting way that you're like, wow. I like stunned, literally stunned by what they did. Um, it was really, really good. Really, really good. So Night of Owls is definitely another story arc that you got to read along with Court of Owls. All right. So the ones I've got so far, Court of Owls. And all Night of Owls and continuing with that. And then Batman versus Dracula. Those are the two yep. that I think I'm going to have to read. Yeah, definitely have first to read. Here. They're really good. They're really good. And unlike a lot of comic books where like Batman, having had a run for 70 years, 75 years plus, these storylines don't have to have a lot of knowledge about the whole history of the character. You can pick it up, yeah. you can read it, and enjoy it for what it is. You yeah. don't have to read 80 years of Batman history to understand the minute details of the story. Because they, they bring in what's... Uh, what is that word? Uh, pertinent. What's yeah. pertinent to that particular storyline. Yep. Yeah. So. Cool. But actual point of what I wanted to talk about is the haunting part of today's episode. So, before Court of Owls was released, there was a comic book that Greg Capullo, again the artist of Batman, Court of Owls, was doing that was fantastic. Just very well done, and in my opinion, underappreciated. At the time, as well as modern things, because of its awkward and disappointing path, and thus far, cancellation. Um, And so... What it is, is it's a, it's a comic book titled Haunt. It was conceptualized by Todd McFarlane, most well-known for being the creator of Image Comics and Spawn storylines yeah, Spawn. and character, and Robert Kirkman, most famously known for creating the Walking Dead comic book and TV show. Two great minds in the comic book industry and the media industry, Fantastic, right? Like, how could we not love this connection? Um, it had quite a while of development and issues, especially with artists, trying to find the right artist, things like that. And they finally settled on an artist from the Spawn storyline, Greg Capullo. And they published their first episode, I believe, uh, 20, 2010, I I think it was 2010 because I was just getting into comic books. I really knew. And I I just loved the story. It was dark. It was gritty. It was, it was a little violent. Just fun. Just fun. You know, you have this character who's a priest, but he's kind of lost his spark, lost his inspiration. And his brother is a secret agent spy who gets killed in the field. And then 
haunts. I love that part. Haunts his brother, and they merge together to create this quote-unquote superhero called yeah. Haunt. Yeah, weird and, amalgamation uh, of yeah, crazy weird, look. Crazy look. Very heavily inspired, obviously, by Spawn and by Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man run. So you've got this really, really cool Spawn meets Spider-Man look and feel of the character. Storyline, again, is, is I feel, very unique and new because it mixes spy with with superhero, with supernatural, which I hadn't really seen too much before because it's usually three separate ideologies and themes. But it was really, really well done. And then... Before issue 18 released, I can't remember the exact time frame, but I think it was 2012, they announced that both Robert Kirkman and Greg Capullo were leaving the comic. And so the comic was going to be handed over to a new creative team. I was like, okay, you know, let's see how it goes. Well, the reason they were leaving was that. Uh, Robert Kirkman was focusing on The Walking Dead TV show, which I think was in its second or third season, so just just starting to explode. Like It was big in season one, but season two and three is when it really hit yeah. the mass populist zombie love, and that's when it really started to explode. So being the creator of the show, he wanted to be more heavily involved with that. I totally get that. You have priorities. You have interests outside of just creating a, a multiverse of characters. And, um, oh, it's sorry. Haunt started in two thousand nine. Correct. I'm gonna correct myself. It started in two thousand nine, not two thousand ten. I know. I know. Had to look. Terrible. It up. Had to look it up. And Greg Capullo was leaving because he got offered to do Batman. And I'm like, mm. who would turn down doing the art of Batman? Like, if you get dar- offered to do anything with Batman, you're I just why would you turn that down? <laughs> you know, like it's it's such a great opportunity to express yourself with a, such a well-known character. I yeah. feel so. I was like, cool. I get to go see this car- this guy do Walking Dead and everything like that, and I get to go see this guy do Batman. Well, I love the art. I'm going to be interested in the Batman stuff. And I didn't really care too much for the Walking Dead TV show. I felt it was too slow. It bored me to tears. The comic book, the other hand, was was very well done. Had yeah, nice pacing. I, didn't have pacing issues that I felt the TV show had. I watched the first season of Walking Dead and uh, was not interested. Yeah, I've been told by people to go back and watch it because it gets interesting, but I'm just like, bro, it drug on. That first season is a hard watch. But the new creative team, going back to Haunt and the new creative team, took over officially with issue 19. And I'm just going to read part of IGN's review <laughs> that came out November 30th, 2011 for Haunt 19. 
and it goes, if you decided to get back into comics this, this week and picked up only Haunt 19, I feel very sorry for you. Ouch. Yeah, it was bad. It was really, really, really bad. And the reason why it was is the art went from this really dark and gritty style to more of a hyper-realistic, almost acid trip kind of style. Which, okay, I can get behind a different kind of art style, but it was just so drastically different that it was off-putting to a fan of the, the, the series. And then... My biggest complaint with it, my biggest nerve rage with it, like the part that really gets my blood boiling and just I can't I can't but get rage filled is the fact that they flash forward the story in the middle of a story. So the story was going on, you're trying to figure out what's going on, and they're like just nah, dude, we're just gonna yeet ourselves five years into the future. Kill off all the side characters, right? Every single yeah. side character, basically, and become a Jesus freak storyline. Like, yes, there was some religious aspects to the original storyline, but it wasn't like devoutly religious and focused on religious. And it was just like, what in the world is going on? And I stopped reading not long after. I think I stopped reading around issue 23. It went on for five more issues and then got canceled. Uh, Uh, So, I mean, you know, why not? Why not just kill off all the cast and drastically change how the story is told and not even finish with the storyline? The ongoing storyline? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like. It was just, it was very, very frustrating. And yeah. I, I was just so, so disheartened in the comic book world by that. And it seems like a perfect way to just shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. And then what they, the creative team ended up doing was bringing Haunt into the Spawn universe, which I don't have a problem with that. Like, whatever. You get to see the character more. But, my problem with reading Batman is to read Spawn, you gotta read all of the origin story stuff, as far as I'm aware, to really understand the character. I'm like, I don't got the time to do that just to read one issue with a character I like, you know? Yeah. So, I I don't know. Just been really frustrated over the past decade about <laughs> this comic book. <laughs> just just been a slow burn over the just decade. a slow burn yeah slow slow burning ember over the past decade yeah uh so yeah that's that's the haunt that's the haunting the yeah, haunting a, thing that haunts me every time i close the haunting my eyes thing that haunts you <laughs> i was looking at like some of the yeah comic covers for the haunt comic yeah and uh, yeah i i really dig the uh the art style and the um design of 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 the character like it's 
when he's got the suit on or whatever. And ectoplasm, I think, is yeah, what they call ectoplasm. it. Ectoplasm. And it's like taking over the upper half of his face. Yeah. It makes him look like skeletal almost and then leaves the the bottom Jump. half like jutting out. I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of a terrifying look. Yeah, it, it really, really is. I like it. But I like it a lot. I like it a lot. A lot, a lot. But yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's what I wanted to nerd rage about, is my frustrations with lack of originality around the Court of Owls and its inspiration and and future within the DC universe, whether that's TV, comics, video games, movies, and my disappointment in Haunt. In Haunt, yeah. yeah. And I done been edumacated. And got some learns on? Yeah, got my learns on. And uh, yeah, I will not be adding Haunt to my to read. This. Well, just just read like the first eighteen issues, man. It, it then, ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah, I that's that that will annoy me. So you know, then I will have to have the a nerd rage moment. Nerd rage moment, and you know, I'd rather just avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, rage with me. Rage with me. Feel no, the hate. No, let the hate. No, I'll I'll just stick with the. Uh, um, the Batman, <laughs> yeah, Batman. I got it. I re- really want to read the back Batman versus Dracula one. That one, it's really well done. It's it's a little strange in some of its ideas. Like Catwoman is like a physical cat woman. Huh. Okay. Um, it was really really interesting on in how it conceptualized Gotham and and everything, but. Yeah, highly recommended. It is collected in Batman Elseworlds Volume 1. I don't know if all three parts are, or if it's just Batman vs. Dracula Red Rain. Uh, gotcha. Let's see here. Oh, it's Elseworlds Volume 2. Again, I'm glad I looked that up. I almost would have told you guys the wrong thing. So, Elseworlds Batman Volume 2. Published in October 2016, collects Batman Dracula Red Rain, Batman Bloodstorm, and Batman Crimson Mist. Cool. I'll have to sign that then. Yeah. Good times. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, that, unless you have something more to say, Cash, I would say. I'm good would conclude our second official episode of Maximum Nerd Rage. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, please leave us a review and feedback on it so we can know you how you as the audience are feeling about the, the episodes sure. thus far and how we can improve if you have any ideas for future episodes, what we can do, and everything in in between and things like that uh so yeah and i know i say a lot of uhs and ums still working on that (laughs) 
But the last thing I wanted to say is we are going to bring in other co-hosts. and uh, So you guys won't have to deal with, you know, just uneducated me. Yeah. We'll, we'll bring in other people who've got the nerd rage with me. And we'll we'll have have some fun. Just plotting all of that out a little bit is going to take some time and getting everything taken care of. Coordinating with people on recording times and things like that because there's people across multiple time zones and everything. So it, it's it's like playing Dungeons and Dragons. You know, once you become an adult, <laughs> it's like, well, how do we coordinate this? You know, once a month becomes once every two months and then three months and then... <laughs> And then everything. So yeah, we'll get it figured cool. out, and we'll get this done. But again, we appreciate you guys listening to this episode, and we'll catch you raging next time. Yep. Okay. Thanks. Bye.